Welcome to Nutrition Grad Guide. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I created this podcast to help nutrition grads just like you navigate your way into a career and a life that you love. In each episode, I'm going to bring you interviews with experts in the nutrition and health field, exploring a range of different career pathways. We'll learn about what they do, how they got there, and their advice to help you grow a successful career as a nutritionist or a natural health professional. Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest on the podcast is the lovely Natalie Gibson, who is a qualified naturopath and offers mobile consultations, which is something we haven't really dove into before on the podcast. So I'm looking forward to hearing about that and her experience doing the mobile consults. Obviously, they are on hold at the moment with everything going on in Victoria and the lockdown, but it'll be really interesting to learn from her past experience and about her future plans. So thank you so much for joining me today, Natalie. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to learn from you and hear all about what you do. So let's get started by talking a little bit about how you got started in this health space and what inspired you to become a naturopath. Um, Sure. So I first got interested in natural health due to my own digestive issues. So when I was in my 20s, um, I went traveling a lot and off the beaten tracks. I went to Mongolia and Tibet and all of these really interesting places that I wanted to travel to. And unfortunately, I got a lot of food poisoning while I was there, which um, led to a lot of kind of digestive issues um, when I was living here in Melbourne. So even when I wasn't traveling, I was finding that I was still having digestive issues. And after lots and lots of tests, which all came back with no abnormalities, I, well, my mum suggested I should see a naturopath for myself. And once I saw a naturopath, it all just kind of clicked for me. So when I first finished school, I I studied part of a science degree, but I didn't, I was quite naive and I thought that I was just going to end up working in a lab. And that was something that I really didn't want for myself. So I ended up stopping it. But the job that I was in when I was traveling so much, I I was finding that I wanted to use my science and to be able to use that part of my brain, but I couldn't find out a way to do it. And I guess once I saw my naturopath, um, it just kind of clicked that I was able to use my science background, but also be able to help others and to be able to educate people in how to take control of their own health, which is what I needed to do with my own health. Yeah. Um, and what I have since done, which is really, really amazing. Yeah, incredible. It's funny how we all sort of get started through our own health journeys, isn't it? Wanting it to is. deeper and discover more. But that's great that you had that science background and you found a beautiful way to integrate your love for science and for health. Yeah, definitely. And I think all of those David Attenborough documentaries and things like that that I used to watch when I was younger, I think it was all drawing me towards sort of studying like animal forms and human forms and and getting more involved there but it just didn't click until I saw a naturopath which lucky I did yeah very lucky (laughs) I was gonna say so I studied um at Endeavour College and I studied naturopathy or a um, bachelor of health science naturopathy and I finished in 2017 out in the real world since then yeah, beautiful. And we were just chatting about how we've seen each other in the halls of Endeavour. So yeah, <laughs> close to home. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. So did you know what you wanted to do when you were studying at Endeavour? Did you know you wanted to go into the one-on-one consults or what were you sort of thinking about how you wanted your career to progress? 
I guess I I hadn't really thought about it when I signed up for the degree, but generally by the time I got to the end, um, I knew I wanted to do one-on-one consults. I didn't know how I was going to do that. And then in the final year, I sat down to write my business plan as we all did that establish and manage a practice, I think was the name of the subject. And I was looking at all the overheads for having a traditional well, a brick and mortar kind of clinic. And I looked at my bank account and I was like, this isn't isn't feasible. This isn't going to happen after studying because I did a couple of years part-time as well. So I was in Endeavour for six years. Um, And so by that time I was like, I just need to start making some money and also doing it in the cheapest way possible. So I um, the idea came through that maybe I should do a mobile clinic Mm-hmm. in my last semester and then I just kind of ran with that yeah amazing and how did you go about getting that up and running well I guess I st- as soon as uni finished um which was probably quite silly of me um I pretty much jumped straight into it I think I'd been finished for about two or three weeks <laughs> which in hindsight probably should have had a little bit of a break but I just started I did the initial things I got the ABN I worked out my business name And then I set up all of the social media accounts and have been running ever since. And everything has just kind of happened as it needed to. So I didn't start with a website that came later on. It was, um, as we were talking about before, it was pretty much just putting out spot fires as I went along. Everything kind of happened when it needed to, um, when I kind of got to that roadblock. And then I needed business cards. Then I got, I ordered business cards and then by the next stage. Um, so it was a lot of chasing my tail, but I pretty much just started and I was very lucky to kind of have a good client base to begin with. And I just started going to people's homes and doing consults there. Yeah. And were there any sort of like guidelines around how you approach going to someone's house and So, for example, like from a security perspective, what are the considerations that you have to make before jumping into a mobile business? Yeah, sure. I definitely um, had to think about the security option because obviously my safety is very important to me Mm -hmm. um, and to my loved ones. So I wanted to make sure that I was as safe as the client was and wanted to make sure that we were both in a really safe environment. So one of the things that I set up was that I have a phone chat for about 10 minutes before I meet any client in their home. And that's purely, um, it's a general chat. It's not really about um, their condition or that sort of thing. It's more just me seeing if I think that we're going to be compatible and also if I feel comfortable in the situation. Um, When I was studying at uni, I was doing um, tutoring So um, the secondary school. So I guess I've always kind of gone to people's homes and done some sort of teaching or educating. So I had a certain level of comfortable, like feeling comfortable in someone else's space. But I wanted to make sure that I I felt that. Mm -hmm. A few times if I felt really uncomfortable, I will meet someone in a cafe beforehand before I do a consult with them. And that'll be just a general nutrition chat nothing really specific because obviously it's not a confidential environment however um, just to kind of gauge and to see if it's safe and if I don't feel comfortable I'll then refer on to someone else so that they can go to an actual brick and mortar premises or see another naturopath in their area otherwise if I feel comfortable I then go to their home and we have a good chat in their most comfortable environment. 
Yeah, do you find that works quite beneficially for them because they're in their home, they're comfortable in their home environment and they're able to open up more? Yeah, definitely. I find that people are really quite comfortable because quite often we'll be doing it just sitting on the couch, having a bit of a chat. Sometimes people have their children and they're having their nap time. So they they know that um, I guess their children are being looked after and they're able to keep their schedule but also be able to support their health at the same time. Um, also, I found that people are just more relaxed in their own home. It's not like they have to adapt to my environment. I actually have to adapt to theirs. And I find that quite helpful. I also find it really helpful for some of the cues. So I'll be talking to someone about dress management and I'll see a yoga mat in the corner. And we'll talk about the fact that there's a yoga mat there and do they like yoga and that sort of thing. So it gives me those visual prompts Mm -hmm. being in their environment. And it also is really helpful for those people who don't remember what medication they're on because they can always go and grab that for me and show me and show me the doses, et cetera. And also the supplements that they do have at home so we don't double up on anything. And it also gives me a chance with my regular clients that I can do a sneaky pantry and fridge check. Yeah. (laughs) I was actually just thinking that. I was like, it's so good because you can even do like a little pantry tour and be like, okay, this needs to go. This is great. Like, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I have a lot of clients that will bring out ingredients from their pantry or their fridge and they're like, I saw this in the supermarket last week. What do you think about this? Yeah. And um, quite often I'll go, oh, I'm not, I'm not so sure about that for your health concerns and they'll just go and throw it in the bin straight oh, away. <laughs> good on them. They're committed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's those, those kind of things I'm able to do, I guess, I'm, I'm in their home and I get to I get to be a part of part of their environment for a little while yeah which uh, makes them feel really comfortable yeah it's really nice a special touch yeah yeah definitely. yeah and so how do you go about finding your clients generally um so I find most of my clients through um either my social media mm-hmm. or um through referrals, so through other clients. And also I was pre-COVID doing a few talks in a few suburbs in local libraries. Oh, fantastic. And I was, yeah, yeah, that was quite beneficial because I was, I was able to chat to lots and lots of different people and I had a really wide scope of the community. So I had people in their teenage years all the way through to people in their 80s and 90s so I got a really good scope of the environment and also it's it's quite interesting doing talks in those public arenas because we really like it taught me to really not dumb it down but to talk really practically about the way the body works and the way that naturopathy helps the body yeah that's great and how did you go about setting those up did you contact the libraries and then you advertised that you would be there or tell us a little bit about that process yeah sure so I um I just cold called a few libraries when I finished uni um and got put through um so it's generally the libraries are run through councils in Melbourne and in Victoria so then I got put through to um the person in the council who looked after it and yeah set up a date and I was on which um when I was at uni I was a terrible public speaker (laughs) and so nervous (laughs) (laughs) definitely I used to shake doing all those those assignments and those oral presentations I was the worst public speaker and then um I found that I just had to get up there and do it 
I didn't, there was no one to save me at that point. (laughs) I just had to go with it. And I find that I, like my first talk, I had 45 people. Wow. um, Yeah, which was quite intimidating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd practiced and I'd prepared and I had handouts for all my clients and the libraries are really lovely because they now print out my handouts for me but it was a good way to grow my mailing list because I was able to leave a little handout there and get people to sign up to my mailing list and be able to share um, a bit about what naturopathy does because there's still a lot of people who don't know what a naturopath is. Yeah so true I think that's amazing what a cool idea doing the talks in the libraries I really like it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm looking forward to being able to start those again when we can have public events. Yeah, definitely. Um, now I, I kind of miss them. I never thought I'd say that about public speaking, but I really love educating people and seeing, seeing that kind of aha moment in their eyes as to why their symptoms are, are causing them so many issues. Yeah. And it's just kind of nice for them to be able to see and to be able to take things away and for them to be given practical things that they can try at home yep. and be able to support their health if they choose not to see a naturopath. Yeah, brilliant. And did you find that you'd get a lot of people approach you at those talks asking for consults or asking for more information about yeah, seeing you one-on-one? Yeah, definitely. I would generally have my diary out at the end and be booking people in or people asking me lots of questions about family members And I found that I was even getting bookings like months later Mm -hmm. from people. So like their uh, client's grandmother was at my talk and the the business card got passed down a couple of generations and got handed on to someone else in the family. So that was really nice to know that people were hanging on to my information and, and contacting me later to be able to make a booking. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I think it really does show the importance of like putting yourself in front of people and particularly in like a physical setting where you actually go see someone speak. It's sort of like building that connection with people that then they go and they use that word of mouth marketing, which is so important for growing businesses. And yeah, it just like is really a fantastic ripple effect. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And we found that to be quite good because I guess because I don't have a brick and mortar, I find it really challenging because there's so many GPs in Melbourne and there's so many other health professionals and gyms and yoga studios that it would, and even health food stores, I'd be spending months traveling around trying to talk to all these different practitioners. So I was trying to find a way where I could kind of approach people, but do it in a kind of public health setting and be able to support them. And I have had other health professionals come to my talks at the library and um, build connections through that, which has been really great. Yeah, that's brilliant. So talking about your mobile consults, when it comes to a time commitment perspective, having to drive around, have you found that to be, I don't want to say a burden because it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, did you, do you find there is a lot of time spent on the road between clients? Um, yes, is the simple <laughs> answer there. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, I can't do back-to-back clients. Yeah. Generally, um, I need a good half an hour to an hour between clients. Yeah. And obviously, pre-COVID, Melbourne traffic was not the best. Yeah. Um, Fridays and things like that. So I kind of set up my weeks so that I try and lump clients in 
to particular suburbs or sections of Melbourne to try and ease my my load, yeah. um, I guess, a little bit. So I'm not crossing the city three times within a day. Yeah. Um, and also it's better for the environment and all of those environmental considerations. But I guess from my perspective, I'm we're still got the same carbon footprint my client would still have to travel to me and travel home I just do it on their behalf Um, and I find that my clients really 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 love the mobile side yeah for sure because as you said like it does also save them time and save them the commute so if they are a busy person and they don't necessarily have that time to take out of their day it's a lot easier for them to fit in just the time for the consult and not have to worry about the commute and travel as well Exactly, exactly. And I'm generally 99% of the time on time. So things start straight away, whereas there's no sitting in a waiting room, there's no waiting for a practitioner. Um, I'm generally there right on time unless traffic has really messed me up that day. And we can start the consult straight away and then I can leave right on time and they can go back to their life without having to travel anywhere. Yeah, that's brilliant. And it's a great way that you've set it up by trying to lump them together in suburbs as well. I think that's yeah something that would be very beneficial and help in terms of saving you time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. When I first started, obviously, that wasn't as possible. Yeah. But now I definitely try and do it. So if I'm going down the Mornington Peninsula, I'll, I'll just be going down that one day for, say, a fortnight. And I'll try and um, direct all of my clients to book in on that day. Unfortunately, it doesn't always happen that way. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I, I also don't set up a rigid structure. So I don't say, okay, Mondays is northern suburbs this day for that suburb. It's kind of whoever books in first is what becomes that suburbs day or that vicinity of Melbourne's day. Yeah. Because Melbourne's quite large and, yeah, first in, best dressed. it's a good way to do it I like it um so in recent times obviously there have had to be some changes to your business how have you found transitioning from doing those mobile consults are you fully online now or how have you restructured temporarily to deal with the changes sure so obviously um with the government regulations I'm not able to do mobile consults um and I haven't since February just because I've I've found that it it hasn't really been a safe option and I don't want to, because I am travelling so much, I don't want to spread things to different sections of Melbourne. So I have um, moved most of my clients to online. I have a few that are elderly that aren't interested in video consults whatsoever and they just prefer to wait for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So we occasionally, every couple of months, I'll ring them and have a bit of a chat and make sure that they're all doing okay. So I do have a bit of a waiting list for when we open back up, I guess, in Melbourne and I'm able to do mobile consults again. But a lot of my clients still see the convenience in it. They get to see me in person. We're still having a chat. They can still show me things on video. So apart from the fact that I'm not there and that kind of connection and that social connection, um, I guess my consults haven't really changed so much. Yeah, nice. And so what would a typical week look like for you? Maybe we'll talk about pre-COVID first and then (laughs) (laughs) post-COVID. Yeah. (laughs) Pre-COVID would be a couple of days of consults. Yeah. And... That could be um, 
that could be nights, that could be first thing in the morning. I find a lot of people like 8am consults. Wow. Um, they're getting in before that work day starts. Yeah. So I would be travelling around to different suburbs in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. After the consult, um, I generally, when I get back home, I'll write up their treatment plan and send that through. So the consult days are, I guess, quite busy because I'm travelling and I'm driving around and visiting people and eating lots of snacks in my car and that sort of stuff. And then um, on the the days that I'm not consulting, I will be doing all of the admin, so the marketing, the social media, catching up on my emails, seminars, all of, all of the stuff that all of us naturopaths and health professionals do yeah. when we're not consulting. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, post-COVID, I guess it's pretty much the same. I just don't have to jump in my car. Yeah. It's more just logging on to um, video and having a bit of a chat with my clients at their time, still doing the treatment plans and sending them through and that sort of stuff and still got all the admin. <laughs> yeah, the admin, unfortunately, doesn't go anywhere, does it? <laughs> No, it doesn't, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any preferred ways to tackle that admin? Like, do you do things in chunks or do you just do stuff as it comes up? Or how do you approach that side of your business? I generally like to have my social media and that sort of thing and my blog posts and that sort of thing. I try and do them in a lump sum. So I might spend half a day and just plough through that. However, um, when I am driving around or if I leave a client um, and I've been asked the same question four or five times from four different clients, I might make a quick note in my phone. So um, I'll generally have a few things to post about that have come up from my clients. So I'll kind of keep them in a bit of a stash and make my way through them. So that'll be about half a day and then I'll just um, stagger the posting throughout the week in regards to the admin I generally do it as it pops up I get a bit um trigger happy so if I see that there's emails there I love to read them whether it's an appropriate time or not so I'm trying to teach myself those boundaries because I have a lot of clients that love to send me their supplement lists on Sunday nights and things (laughs) like that (laughs) I'm trying to to teach myself not to action things immediately and especially on those self-care days and to kind of set up those boundaries yeah yeah boundaries are so important especially in business on your own you can the lines can blur very easily (laughs) yeah (laughs) brilliant so what would you say are some skills needed if anyone wanted to go down a similar path and offer those mobile consultations I guess from what I've learned, just being flexible has really helped. Yeah. So if I if I wasn't thinking about visiting a particular suburb and I get interest for it, then hey, why not? As long as I'm I'm comfortable with the drive and it's not too much there. Also, I guess it's about and it's about being flexible in the situation. So sometimes I might be sitting in a proper chair and being quite comfortable and other times I am a bit uncomfortable sitting on someone's couch. But I try and remember that the client is comfortable in that space. Yeah. It's about adapting myself to to the client's space and being comfortable there. Yeah. So it's probably flexibility is probably the number one. Yeah, it's definitely a good skill to have. Speaking of when you're sitting on people's couches, just thinking about taking notes. Do you take notes? And is that difficult? It's like just trying to write on your lap? (laughs) I do it all um, online. Uh, And so I've got my phone 
connected to my computer and that sort of thing. So I'm using my own internet. Yeah. And so that's all pretty much set up. So I guess um, I'm comfortable as in I'm quite used to working on my lap. Yeah. And doing that with my own laptop. And I guess then I can show the clients if I have a particular handout or something that I'm going to send them, I just kind of turn my screen around and we go through that. But generally, yeah, I'm, I'm generally okay because it is only an hour that I'm generally sitting there for an initial consultation. So yeah. it's, it's 60 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and doing it on your computer would make all the difference. I'm thinking back to clinic days of when we were handwriting everything. I think I'm back in the same <laughs> age. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think that would be practical and I don't think anyone would be able to read my handwriting after that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good way to do it. And so true about having those handouts and resources on your computer and just being able to show them and talk them through it. That would be really handy, especially when you need something more visual. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. I love the handout. One of my um, lecturers always said to me at uni that I should have a handout for every single client in every single visit which when I was in clinic at uni that that sounded terrifying but now I have a really good stash of them I guess and if something comes up and I don't have a handout for it I will generally make it and I've got a bit of a list of handouts that I I need to make to assist my clients and to save me kind of repeating myself or spending that valuable time talking through some of the more basic things that a handout could suffice with. Yeah, brilliant. And so have you sort of built up your handout collection over time? And what would your advice to be to anyone who is going down the clinic path or even just in student clinic? Um, what's a way that they can get on their front foot and start to create a really good handout database? Yeah, I have a huge stash of handouts now. <laughs> it's actually a bit ridiculous. And sometimes I forget which handouts I have and I, I rewrite something that I already have which I probably need to do a bit of a stock take of I would say that going into clinic and going into um and going out and being a nutritionist or a naturopath you definitely need handouts just even to save you talking about stress management techniques and different stress management techniques and things like that those sort of simple things that we talk to, to talk to every single client about and it's one of those things that's really really helpful to have handouts on those things so anything that you think of so I think when I went into clinic Endeavor had some on their kind of portal hub yeah. and so I kind of took that as a bit of an inspiration I think they had things like vegetarian protein sources what else did they have thyroid health and things like that and preconception care so then I just started to think about the nutrients that people are most deficient in and things like iron and magnesium and even the vitamins so like your vitamin c and your vitamin um even one on sunlight and vitamin d and getting those basic kind of handouts because you'll be surprised how many times they come into effect and how helpful they are yeah absolutely and um, another thing that I've found with my handouts is that um, everyone has my, my website listed on there and my contact details. And quite often I'll get contacted due to my handouts. So my handout has been passed to someone else oh, so um, and they've got in touch with me. Yeah, it's like another form of marketing material, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is, exactly. Oh, that's brilliant. Cool. Um, so what would you say your vision for your business is and where would you like to take it? I guess my vision at the moment is to continue to help people in Melbourne and to get 
my name out there, especially for those people who can't necessarily make it to a clinic or who have um, hectic schedules and just feel like that they can't fit it in. So that's where I want to really sort of aim my business towards. I would love in the future to be able to build it and have sort of your multi-modalities and um, set up like a mobile massage therapist and a mobile nutritionist alongside me and kind of being able to give the full package would be absolutely incredible. Yeah, amazing. I love the sound of that. And I think it's something that would be really well received as well. Yeah, I hope so. Fingers crossed. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, And what does success mean to you? Success for me is about, I guess, feeling, feeling like I've, I've, feeling calm for me. I guess would be the way that I would describe it. So um, getting to a point where I feel like I'm educating the people of Melbourne um, in regards to their health so that they feel knowledge and empowered. And I think that when when I get to the the point that I feel like I've really hit that, Mm -hmm. that that's going to um, leave me with a real sense of calm because people will then be able to look after their own health, which is what all of us really want for our clients. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really great. And what would you attribute your current success to? What's helped you in growing your business to this point and will help continue to grow it? The things that I've found is continuing even on the days where I feel like it's a bit pointless, Um, especially with the whole COVID thing that's going on at the moment. And I was saying to you before that we started that um, I was kind of sitting around just waiting for for COVID to go (laughs) for a a little (laughs) for a month or so and then I realized that I've got to continue to keep going because I've got to be able to adapt to the environment and to continue and people still need natural health um, regardless of what situation is going on and so I guess it's yeah continuing on those days when I feel like I'm dragging my legs through the sand because generally once if I do continue through them and I continue working there's always I guess there's always a bit of a rainbow on the other side. I'll get an influx of bookings or people be in touch with me or I'll get some comments from a client saying like that they're really happy with the service that I provided and they feel so much more relaxed at the fact that I'm offering a mobile service. So it's, it's those little things that I find after I've done a hard slog that really kind of show that I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, a hundred percent. And business and careers in general can be a real roller coaster, and there's always going to be those ups and downs. But I think you've hit the nail on the head, and just to keep going, that's what's going to get you to making the impact that you want to make. Yeah, awesome. And what when it comes to mindset and having the right beliefs around business, is there any recommendations you have for nutritionists and naturopaths in overcoming some of those more limiting beliefs and um, moving into a positive mindset to help them succeed? I guess for me, I'm always a bit of a self-doubter. Definitely. So I've I've just kind of been plugging along. So if it feels right for me at that time. And I feel like it's it's a good step. I'm just going with it. I'm not kind of thinking about in five years and what my five-year and 10-year plan is. By all means, I still have those. But if a, if a step feels like it's a good one and it feels right for me at that time, I'm kind of taking it. 
and just leaping forward that way rather than trying to think back from that five or 10 year step and plan it out that way. Because generally I find the things that I feel really good about and the things I feel really confident about Mm -hmm. um, lead me towards that goal anyway. Yeah, for sure. I think that's so important. And yeah, it can be really easy to get stuck in that self-doubt and overthink things. But when you're just going with what feels right, you can't go wrong ultimately. Exactly. Exactly. That's what we've got that gut feeling for. hundred percent. So important. It's there for a reason. (laughs) So if you could recommend one book for the listeners to read, what would it be and why? Oh, I'm not really one for your self-care kind of books. I generally read more fiction or I'm reading naturopathy (laughs) textbooks and things like that. But I did just start Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Okay. Um, as as I am a bit of a people pleaser. So I'm looking forward to having a read because it says it talks a lot about people pleasing and how we need to stop that and we, how we need to start looking after ourselves. So who knows? I could be a completely different person by the end of that book. Yeah, it sounds like a really interesting book. And I think especially when we go into our own businesses, people pleasing can be something that really holds us back because you can't keep everyone happy ultimately. So trying to always people please keeps us playing small. So a book like that would be so powerful to help us see, no, hold on, you don't have to please everyone. You just got to go out there, be you. You're going to help the people that you're going to help and that's enough. Not everyone has to like you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And sometimes that's quite hard to hear. And I, I certainly don't like to hear that. Yeah. But um, I know, and generally when I have said no and set up those boundaries, yeah. um, I, I end up with more abundance out of that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. It sounds like a very interesting book. We have to check that one out. So in nutrition, we're obviously and naturopathy, we're in the business of helping people. So what do you do to look after yourself to make sure that you can most efficiently and effectively look after others? Um, sure. There's there's lots that I do to look after myself because if I'm not feeling great, that certainly gets portrayed across to my clients. So I try and um, look after myself in the uh, as much as I can. And even um, during the stage four lockdowns, I've been doing a self-care challenge, which I was doing for myself, but I started posting it on social media. So I've done a new self-care activity for every day that we're in, in stage four. So we're at day 29. Now, (laughs) how are you um, thinking of new activities each day? Um, some days ones just pop into my head, and other days it's it's a bit of a struggle, and I have to get quite inventive. But I guess that's a good thing because I'm teaching myself another self care activity. Yeah, and only a few days ago I did a um I did a dance on (laughs) on my social media. I love that. But I'd forgotten how much I loved dancing and how much that I found so much joy in it. And I used to do it all the time in the past and it had kind of fallen off. So that was something that I really, I I got a lot of feedback on and it also made me feel amazing. And so it's it's a good reminder for myself to focus on myself 
self-care. And I guess from a health perspective, I still have to do a lot of digestive work because of what I did to myself in my 20s. So I do go through a bit of a gut reset and a gut support program um, that I've created for myself, depending on what symptoms I'm experiencing at the time. So I'll do that a couple of times a year, just because I know that if my digestive symptoms are playing up and they're flaring up, that that's going to impact my mood and my sleep and my stress levels, which is in turn going to impact my clients. Yeah. So I am trying to really keep on top of it as well. Yeah, for sure. And do you find having had that experience and having your own health concerns has been really beneficial in helping other people with similar ones? Cause it's sort of, it helps you relate to them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I'm able to, and I find that when I do tell my story and talk about my digestive issues yeah. um, when I was younger, that a lot of people seem to resonate with that. And it's also an easier way to explain what naturopathy is about. Yeah. So I can explain that I was given herbs and I to heal my digestive system and to reduce my symptoms and to calm my bleeding down, et cetera. And then I looked at my food intolerances and things like that. So I'm able to flesh out what naturopathy is by using my own example, which works really nicely. Yeah, for sure. I would make it nice and easy to explain because it's always easy to convey something when it's coming from personal experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, brilliant. Before we do wrap up, is there anything that we haven't discussed today that you'd like to touch on or any parting words of advice for the listeners? I guess for your listeners, I would say just to keep going. Like it's pretty crazy times at the moment. And regardless of whether you're listening to this in COVID times or in other times, just keep going one step in front of the other and putting out those spot fires as you go along and those roadblocks and just plowing through all of them because um, what's on the other side of those roadblocks is always better than what was before it. Yeah, 100%. That is such good advice and such a great way to end it. (laughs) So where can the listeners find you and follow along with your journey and learn more about what you do? Sure. People can contact me on my website, which is www naturalogical.com.au which is n-a-t-u-r-o-l-o-g-i-c-a-l.com.au nice and long I should have probably thought of something shorter um, nice <laughs> and, I'm on, <laughs> and I'm also on Facebook and Instagram under naturalogical and I can be contacted on there as well brilliant and I will make sure I link to those so people can find you nice and easily But thank you so much for being here today and sharing your wisdom and advice. It's been so interesting hearing about the mobile consults and everything that you've achieved to date. And I look forward to seeing your practice continue to grow and one day be multi-modality. We'll all be here cheering you on. Um, So yeah, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it and I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way, they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality.